Greetings, flesh creatures. It is I, Megatron. On behalf of TFYLP, I want to congratulate you for listening to the most refined collective podcast on this miserable little planet Earth. Yes. Here you'll find knowledgeable fans discussing every aspect of Transformers and beyond. Now, enjoy the show while I continue my path to complete conquest of all of you miserable biological entities. Predacons, terrorize! Welcome to TFLP episode 501. We are live tonight. It is Wednesday, October 26th. I'm Lucas. I'm joined tonight by Phil. Howdy! And Anna. Good evening. And Christian. What up? We should There's call tonight's show Macrocasters because oh, it's basically microcasters, but we're talking about a big thing instead of a little thing. Yeah, since I didn't feel like having a show Monday night immediately as we got back from our eight-hour drive from Chicago. Yeah, we would have been awful. Can you imagine oh. us trying to do an actual show? Like, we're already super professional, but... I don't <laughs> know, man. I've had, I've had a few of those shows where everyone was just really tired and everyone watching is just like, you guys look really tired. So, yeah. That's because we are. Right. But not yeah. tonight. We're all fully rested and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Ready for the party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know about yeah. fully rested. Like, I'm on the way to fully <laughs> Right. Yeah, right. I need, like, another day or two. I managed, yeah. like, seven hours of sleep last night. That is, like, twice as many. As I got at the convention per night. So, yeah, Tune, or I'm sorry, Cassetta Contune in the chat. I still can't believe you guys made that drive. Anna and I have actually made a much longer drive to DC, uh, which was what 16 hours, I think, right? Each way, 16 hours. Yeah. So, so yeah, so we've made an even longer drive, and then you know. There's a TFCon Orlando, which got announced for next fall, which I'm not sure if I'm going yet or not. But if we do, we may potentially drive to that. So we'll, we'll oh, see. Oh, you're going. That's 20 hours. Oh, I'm going? I'm... Yeah. Honestly, if you that's said, Anna, I want to go. Let's road trip again. I would say yes, even though that's really ridiculous. <laughs> Well, I feel like thing- at this point, if you didn't road trip it, I would be disappointed. <laughs> right. Yeah, me too. Well, I, I will say, so I've flown to TFCon DC in the past, and then I've flown to TFCon LA. I don't think it, that I would ever drive to TFCon LA. That just seems crazy. But maybe it's not that much further. I definitely wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> be even further be for you. But you can stop at our houses. You can stop in the Midwest and visit all your dumb friends. And pick us up. No, because that would mean he'd have to go further north. 
okay, we're not being logical in the first place, Phil. <laughs> so if we're already driving all the way across the country, we might as well do it wrong. I mean, you know, when has doing things correctly stopped us in the past? As Transformers collectors, we yes. like to defy logic. I will say, too, that as we've... <laughs> As I've gone on vacation, and a lot of times we end up driving and, and whatever, too, I, like, managed to stop off at, like, other TFLP, uh, you know, uh, people's houses along the way, right? Because everyone's kind of dispersed out a little bit in, in different areas. And so after, like, this has happened multiple times now, my wife is like, how many TFLP people do you guys know that you're stopping off at their house? Because I stopped off at Duran's house. I stopped at, at Christian, um, stopped at Paul's. So there we go. He's even stopped at my house before since I live a whole what? 13 minutes away. It's real far, but okay. as long as they do a couple of rest stops on the way, they make it over. Although I will say, I think Paul probably owns the record of visiting uh, the TFLP people, though, right? Some people are travelers. Some people just, like, they really get along with the concept of traveling and visiting people and butterflying socially. I am not one of those people. <laughs> no? Not so much? Other than I'm, I'm not one of those people that, like, travels places as part of my thing. Mm -mm. Places come to me. I was gonna say I capture Anna and force her to go along with me to uh, these random places sometimes. Takes jaws of life, basically. Uh, Very hard to part me out of the house. Yeah. So, so real quickly about TFCon this year. This was my second year being at TFCon as part of the cast, and uh, I had several people introduce themselves to me, and uh, I appreciate you guys listening. And and you know, it's one thing when you're just like a faceless name. You know, or, or maybe you're a listener who doesn't participate in the chat, but I'd prefer you weren't faceless. Like seeing your faces, I'm just, I'm just disgusted now, and uh, I can't unsee those things, no matter how much bleach I pour into my eyes. So, well, but I thank was you so again sure for your support. You were going to say something warm and fuzzy. I was all prepared <laughs> to follow the warm and fuzzy. Then you made the asshole comment. You just ruined it. <laughs> I, you thought I was going to zig and I zag. No, but seriously, thank you for everyone uh, who came up to us and, and said that you enjoy the show. Um, I, I don't know if anyone came up to us and said that they hated the show. Um, if you did, let us know and uh, we will ban you. Um, I had a couple to... people come up and say, oh, you two are podcasters. They didn't say anything like, I love the show. They would just be like, oh, I know you two. You're podcasters. It's Special like, thanks to the people who came up and said, I know you two from microcasters while I was standing right there and was not recognized. <laughs> that was great. You're a recognizable dude. You got the red true, hair and the beard. True story. Yeah, I, I would say you, you stand out the, the most. Famous ones. But I know I stand out the most. So. You're not like me, where it's like every other dude has got a beard and a you know novelty t-shirt on and gray hair. <laughs> that last part was what qualified it because it's like Christian has a beard not usually in novelty t-shirts almost never yeah usually dresses one step nicer than that the, the guy okay. I was working the booth with one of my friends that, that was next to me on Saturday he, he doesn't have glasses and he didn't have a baseball cap on but he has gray hair a beard and was wearing a black t-shirt and I'm like 
I had a baseball cap on and glasses was the only thing that differentiated the two of us. <laughs> For the listeners who are believing what Phil's saying, they look nothing alike. <laughs> uh, me and Rick, no, me and Rick look, look a little bit alike. You do not. I mean, as a descriptor, it's like, oh, go talk to the other guy down there with a beard and, you know, a black T-shirt. I was identifying people by T-shirt colors, which was really useless because everyone was wearing a gray T-shirt. So I was always like, oh, go down there and talk to the guy with a gray T-shirt. But I was trying to point out our friend who was selling stuff and it's like, well, they could go anywhere. Every T-shirt is gray. Serge had the pink crust of the clown sweatshirt. That was that was standout. There were some bright colors, and I like those better. But lots of yeah. gray, yeah. especially working boobs. Most people are gray. It's slimming. So, Is it? I don't know. Leave me alone. Thanks. I went to the gym tonight. There you go. Probably the only one. I did not. I went to the gym Monday and I swear, just like my sweat smelled like booze from the weekend. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm sweating out all the rum. Oh. So what do we start with? We we t- kind of talked about the concept of road trips. We haven't really t- started talking about the convention. I mean, I feel like the convention is the convention, right? At this point, um, it's always it's always really fun. It's really good. The only thing I'll say about TFCon is I feel like it's almost too well ran that there's never anything that like happens that's crazy. Like I hear all these like stories about BotCon and like, you know, how there's like this issue or that issue or whatever. And TFCon, it's like they don't have those like fun things, you know, it's like no one's car got booted. Um, they, they had refreshments for people available. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. So there was one bit of drama I heard about that I don't know how to prevent it, really. Uh, and that was, you know, Peter Cullen was there on Saturday. And the story is that when his flight arrived at the airport, fans saw him in the airport and, and, and approached him in, in pretty significant numbers. So I just I don't know how, you know, how VIPs get around an airport like that, especially for a convention when. You know, you're going to have the convention attendees likely arriving at the same time. Yeah, because we're not, like, Transformers conventions, they're not to the level that we have, like, legit security or anything, right? Because, like, real celebrities, actors and stuff, they can have a little bit of security and help with those type of things. But the best they would be able to do is send a few con staff to kind of be like, hey, don't mob him. It wouldn't work. I don't really think you could... Well, and that, and they couldn't, like, really intercept anyone until he got the baggage claim unless you bought him a ticket just so they can get through the security gate. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that the majority of the voice actors are not getting mobbed at the airport. You know, like, I'm sure the, um, you know, whatever, regular actors probably are. I think Colin might be one of the few that, you know, could potentially get you know, get mobbed or, or whatever. So, yeah, he's recognizable to people, which most most of the voice actors, you know, they're voice actors. You don't really know what they look like too terribly well. Right. But so Peter Collins, you are one of the people so who mobbed. Don't do that. Shame on yeah. you. Don't do that again. No. 
and I use the word I use the term mobbed loosely. If you saw him at the airport, like, oh my god, Mr. Cullen, hi, I love you as Optimus Prime. Like, so so I, I've just heard like third, secondhand stories. I, I don't know how much it was like people coming up to him. So I, I don't know. I, that was just that was the only blemish I heard about the weekend. Well, he did bring a mob of people to the convention on Saturday. I mean, that yes. was the that was the greatest number of people I have ever seen in a dealer room at once. So there were the, lines uh, like four hours long to get into the dealer room. It was crazy. We're not showrunners, so we don't know the attendance numbers, but it felt like there was roughly fifty thousand people in that room. Wow. It felt so. It's a joke, Lucas. Lucas, I'm exaggerating intentionally. There was no room to walk the between the, the booths or the aisles or anything. You couldn't move. There's people wall to wall. So I was trapped in our booth, right? Like Lucas and I were sharing a booth and I was kind of like trapped in it for like the first four or five hours of Saturday. I never left it. When I eventually left it, I wanted to go back because every single booth was shoulder to shoulder. I'm not a huge fan of touching strangers. So I'm not really that big of a fan of like being shoulder to shoulder and having people like running into my butt and stuff while I'm trying to look at toys. And you could not move casually around that dealer's room on Saturday. Sunday was different. Sunday cleared out a little bit, but like Saturday was like, we had, so they had a preview hour for the, um, what the hell do you call the super pass that I had and didn't use? The gold pass, the extra pass. The VIP pass. pass. VIP, there we go. The VIP pass that got an hour early for shopping on um, Saturday. Like when that door opened, I felt like, wow, this is a big crowd. There's so many people here. There were a hundred at that point. <laughs> Cause it's all they sold of the exclusive passes. And then when they let in the second group of people at 10, it was just phenomenal. How many people were there? I have never, you know, even being on the floor of like the big conventions, like the big anime conventions, I've never felt the dealer's room was so clogged as that one was. I think it's partially because, you know, like anime central, has their dealer's room in a gigantic space. Like, that is a huge convention center space. It is massive. It would take a serious number of people to fill that thing. I think it's partially the space, but just, like, the attendance was just really strong. Yeah. Well, I think that that's kind of been the thing for TFCon. It just seems like it keeps, you know, growing and, and growing. Um and so, you know, we saw Baltimore last year was, you know, the numbers were pretty big. Like people brought a lot of money, like just mobbed the dealer room on Saturday where people just were running out of stuff uh, all day. And, I, you know, it was somewhat of a repeat of that, uh, just depending on the booth, like at, at this one. I think that there were still definitely some dealers that had stuff left on sunday but those because i think some of the dealers kind of marked some of their things up you know just so they wouldn't sell out of everything um but uh you know for the most part i mean it was it was it was crazy yeah we both went home with i want to say less than a tenth of the stuff i brought but i think it's more like less than a 20th less than a 30th i brought hundreds of items and i came home with like 15 yeah. Crazy. I, I was pretty much the same way. I think I came home with like under ten of the stuff that I brought. But again, like I was left with a lot more than you guys. 
Yeah, but I still here. sold about two thirds about what I had. I think you might have brought more than us, though. Like just seeing the size of the boxes you had, and knowing that we both fit in a normal size truck, that I think I think you might have out packed us. But it's just it it's phenomenal because when like I've sold at conventions and worked at conventions before where people will report afterwards, you know. I didn't make very much money or I didn't have very good sales or even I've gone to conventions and worked at them and the table I was working at didn't really do anything. The last few TF cons have not been that way at all. People have just been so excited to buy hundreds, if not thousands of dollars of transforming robot products. It's amazing just how hot the consumption is right now on transformers. It's a good thing, I guess. Oh, yeah. So, so earlier, Catherine was asking uh, how the uh, Artist Alley was. Um, so the thing I did like about that is, is they did put the Artist Alley in the same space as the, the main convention, which I know in uh, some of the other TF cons, they've kind of had their own room. And, and honestly, I don't like that as much. So they did have it, like the uh, vendor space was kind of like two-thirds of it or so were three quarters, whatever. And then they had another third at the other end. That was the artist alley. Um, but it seemed like it was really good. Um, it seems like that a lot of the usual suspects, uh, were there. And I always enjoy that because all of those, a lot of those artists are very talented and make good stuff. And so it's always good to see them and what they've, you know, kind of the new, new things that they've done. Yeah. I remember when I used to work a lot of, smaller anime cons out in St. Louis, we would have kind of, we would have like the really almost professional artists, a couple of them, but then we would have a lot of people who are kind of like in the mid range, like their art is getting better, but they're still obviously an amateur, obviously a beginner. I don't see that at Transformers cons. The art is always like phenomenal. Like some of the things people make are pretty simple. But they're very well done for their simplicity, so they're really cool. Well, and I, mean, I was I feel like finally able, <laughs> finally I'm able to get faction green. I did. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw those when you had them. Yeah, I got my Autobot and my Decepticon pair. Finally, after all these years of fighting it, and I've already awesome. wanted to teach it because that's what they're for. Very cool. The question is, is whether or not me. your students will actually recognize that. Honestly, from how far they sit away from me, it, they're probably just purple blobs. Right. You have to yeah, get close with to your me. hairstyle until you point it I out. Hide I hide yeah, them. Until I do this, you yeah. can't really see them too well. So I doubt I'll get noticed that much. But if I do, it'll be fun because I don't care. So the cosplay um there i i don't know if there was a ton of it like would you say that there was about the same as normal or is it a little bit less i feel like it was just slightly less maybe i'm wrong it's something i don't notice like it just blends into the background for me i don't know why mm -hmm. i wish it didn't because the people who do it put so much effort into it but like i just i don't see it i don't know why i don't think it was less I think what it was is it was about the same amount of people were cosplaying. It's just the attendance was so much higher than we're used to. 
Because it's like all of us have been to TFCons like 16, 17, and whatever that had much, things weren't as clogged back then. Back then, you could easily see all the cosplays, right? Like a cosplayer walks through the dealer's room, everyone sees them because they're big and look cool. Couldn't see crap most of the time. <laughs> so I think I, that... the, I saw a blur that was really good. The animated or IDW type blur mm-hmm. that stopped at your booth yeah, while I was I there. I saw her. That was cool. She was good. I saw more pictures of cosplayers online like on Sunday after the show was over. And, and my take on it is likely, and at your point, how packed the show floor was. If you're wearing full cosplay, like that would have been a pain in the tuchus to move around in there. So my guess is they were probably more in the hallway, like outside the convention hall than they were on the show floor, at least with some of the folks that had the really big elaborate costumes. There was one, there was one cosplayer that I saw on Sunday and um, I'm trying to remember who is the IDW villain. Um, wasn't in there a lot. I think it was like World's Arch Nemesis has like the almost like the radar. Killmaster. Killmaster. Yes, yes. There was a cosplayer dressed as Killmaster, and they had Dope. basically their helmet and face mask on and their gauntlets, but then dressed kind of normally beside that. Mm. But then they also had pure black contact lenses in. And I, I told the cosplayer like. I am having a really hard time looking at you in the face and in the eyes because this is just very disconcerting. Like, it's one thing to see, like, a character on a TV show or a movie and they've got black eyes, but to, see, like, stand across, like, a table from a person whose eyes are like that, it's like, this is, this is, just, this is just unsettling. And it's it's just, intense. Like, yeah. yeah, yes, it's intense. And I thought, like, they were just going to look at me and it's like, you don't need eyes to see where we're going. You know, hmm. Just this very, very event horizon with the the way that their costume was. It was a great looking costume, but it was like it creeped me out. It, it creeped me out, which I think I, it, again, it, you know, says how how good of a costume it was. When you said Sunday and you mentioned the online pictures, I did remember that I saw a Minerva on Sunday that was a full mm-hmm. build and very yep. well done. Yes. Yeah. Also saw a Rat think... Trap. Did you see Rat Trap? Rat Trap was no. so good. Oh my god, the Rat Trap was so good. Like, the actual, like, robot armor parts were, like, the usual kind of, like, I think probably, like, craft foam turned into the armor. But then the rat head was fuzzy. That's it was great. just an adorable fuzzy rat head on the chest. It was it was a really, really good costume. Like, cool. And Rat Trap is more, like, you can do him with a human body. Where a lot of Transformers, when you put them on your human body, they look kind of strange because they're not really built like we are. Bradshaw's built a little more casually, so it worked really well. So the, the Transformers colorist, his name is Josh Perez, correct? Yes. yes. Okay. So He's not the only one. but Well, the, he yeah. was there next to Alex Milne's table, correct? At Artist Alley? Alright. Anyways, I'm 99% certain that the, the the cosplayer who did the rat trap costume was hanging out at Josh Perez's booth on Sunday, not in costume. And they were drawing and drawing a picture of Cyborg Spider-Man on like a little like, you know, three by five, not even three by five, but like a, a baseball card size piece of paper. And that was the time that my son was with me and we were walking around the show floor and and she gave it to my son and it was awesome and it was one of like the highlights of the show for me and him. So that was, it was the first convention that that my sons have ever been to. And um, my two-year-old was obsessed with the Robeson display. Um, and, 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 you know, the eight-year-old kind of just walked around with me and, and we did some cool stuff. I can talk about that a little bit later. But, but yes, that cosplayer who was dressed as Rat Trap made my son's uh, afternoon. 
to mention that there was a really good wind blade. There was a really cool wind blade, and she shopped at my booth. And Very I referred cool to her as wind blade because I yeah. didn't know her name, but it worked pretty well. She responded to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there was also, guys... Ron mentioned Macho Magnus. There was someone doing a combination of Macho yeah, Randy Savage Macho Magnus. I don't know if you guys guys saw it, but there was a family dressed up as like the human characters for more of the meets the eye. Like when they transformed to like in that one. Oh, cool. Right. And uh, with like Cyclonus and tailgate and all that. Um, So that might've been my, like, I wish I would have gotten a picture of it and I'm sure hopefully maybe someone did take a picture of them, but that was kind of one of my more favorite ones just because the whole family, like, it's always fun to see families dressed up, uh, you know, cosplay. I only remember seeing someone dressed as Whirl. I don't remember anyone else in those characters. So that's, that's just what I recall. They passed by me like in the hotel, like outside. So I don't know if it okay. if they made it inside the convention hall or not. I'm not sure. I saw someone Sunday as Armada Hotshot. That was pretty interesting. It was more like a they, they wore more oh, like a, yeah. a, a like like a racetrack coveralls and a yellow helmet, and it worked. It worked. It, it wasn't work. like spot on one for one, but it worked very very well. Like those colors pop really really nicely. The yellow. Yeah, it was a good helmet too. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that person. That person was with Minerva when I saw her. I, I definitely remember seeing them hanging out with other cosplayers. I don't remember um, who I saw them with. I don't think it was with Minerva that I saw them with because Minerva would have overshadowed the hotshot costume. <laughs> exactly why I didn't remember until you mentioned. Yeah. So did you guys end up going to any panels while you were there? Nope. I saw maybe about three minutes of each of Rick's panels. That was about it. Yeah. I saw... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I went to both of Rick's panels. Um, so that that was pretty fun. I, I felt like he did a pretty good job of... Uh, he did. Room ...and, and uh, you know, being lively and, and whatnot. Um, he had really good turnout at his panels, too. Yeah. Like, obviously, his panels were really well-received. He did one panel, since people don't know what he did panels on, he did one panel on rarities among branded merchandise, and they did another panel on never-before-seen prototypes and stuff from when he worked at Hasbro. Both were really well attended. I think people liked them. Yep. Yeah, Rick has uh, got a very, you know, gregarious personality, so that, 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 that suits well for that kind of, uh, that kind of live work. Right. Yeah, no, I, I kind of I enjoyed seeing his panel versus a lot of times they'll do a couple of podcasting panels like at the very beginning, the very end. And it's almost too much to have like two hour and a half long panels about, you know, Transformers podcasting, uh, especially when a lot of us are listening to, you know, podcasts or doing podcasts, uh, in, you know, in the meantime. So. But uh, so yeah, I personally can't stand Transformers podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> They're just the worst. They're really abrasive people, yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, Say such mean things constantly. Constantly. Right. So. So there was a there was that cool panel on the first night. The the last panel of the night that went really long. Oh yeah, the uh, yeah. I guess we went to that one too. I kind of like forgot about that one. So there's one where 
uh, Jim Sorensen and Ron Friedman did a panel about the differences between the first draft of the Transformers movie and the the final draft. And that was a little somewhat interesting, um, you know, with it. Like, I think that, uh, you know, they weren't quite on the same page. I, I, I really want, now that I've seen that panel, I want to go back and watch Sorensen and uh, Chris McFeely's panel that they did at TF Nation um, to, you know, kind of see that one as well. Yeah, I feel like it, it was a fun panel. Like, a lot of the things we they talked about, we've already seen, you know, as the super fans, as the crazies who, when we saw that script get leaked and when we saw all the discussion about it and all the different panels hosted about it. We watched those and we heard about all that and we knew those details and we knew about the transforming snake train and all that stuff. But for the people who don't go quite that deep, who are in the audience, they seem genuinely enthralled, especially by the stories that Ron Freeman can tell about all of that. It, it was fun. I think it was a good time. It went really long. I think that panel went for roughly two years. Well, it, it was one of those things where I think it was like an hour and 15 minutes in and Jim goes, all right, now we're done with part one of five. And like, you could just hear everyone kind of be like, like just groan. And so people start getting up because they're like, wait a minute, like how long is this going to go? So, but it was very interesting. But at the same time, you're like, okay, I don't know if I have, you know, I need to get to dinner. I need to like do other things, you know? Because if you've never been to TFCon, it's preview night, basically. It's kind of like a first night that doesn't start until like six-ish. But a lot of people will wait to get dinner until the end of the programming for the day. So, you know, you go to like your exclusives thing. If you have the special ticket, you get your registration done. There's a couple panels. And that panel started at eight and went until... Who knows how late? Because we actually left at like 9.20. After it had gone for 80 minutes, didn't see any sign of stopping. I think the other thing with that. They're still there right now. (laughs) With that kind of Friday panel, too, is Friday's travel day for most folks. So people are tired from, you know, if you're if you're working the show floor, you were setting up a booth. You know, if you flew in or drove in that day, it's like, you know, you just spent so many hours in a car or in a plane. And it's like, yeah, I'm. I'm pooped. And, and, and it's also like this is the first day where you're seeing friends that you might not have seen for a year, if not longer, because of COVID. So, yeah, that's just like, all right, this is cool. Let's um, let's go do something else. Yeah, there's there's also that attention span thing. Right. Like as a teacher, I think about this a lot. Just like how long can I lecture on one topic before I need to do something to get everyone's attention back in focus and a panel that goes over an hour? Uh, upwards of two hours can get really even if you love the stuff even if you really care about it it's hard to continue paying attention to the same thing for that long just tricky so so let me pause on that and 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 like take a tangent off of this is to one of the things anna you were just talking about which was the idea that we've all seen this stuff but there were people at the show who hadn't and that's one of the kind of the eye-opening things for me of just being at a convention. Obviously, people who are at a Transformers convention are going to be pretty big Transformers fans. But they're not as immersed in it as, like, even, you know, the, the four of us are, um, you know, let alone, like, someone like Peter. And, and so it's just, like, being working at my booth over the weekend. People were like, 
oh, what's this? Like, I had some some neat kind of unusual things. I had a complete Thunder Mayhem set. I had a San Diego Comic-Con uh, Shockwave His Tank, which to me is like, yeah, of course they did a Shockwave His Tank. Duh, it comes with Destro and, and, and a Cobra Bat as Constructicon colors. Like, yeah, Thunder Mayhem, how do you not know he is who he is? But, like, just, like, people were like, oh, that's neat. Who's that? And it was like, you know, I had to explain that to people multiple times. I had, I had a Cloud Shockwave at my booth, which is a, a repaint of Whirl. And, and again, that was like, oh, who's that? What's that from? And just, like, explaining what Cloud toys are and how awesome they are and how I have one that Lucas doesn't. Um, mm. You know, these are all things that just, like, it is kind of eye-opening. Like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of different levels of Transformers collectors besides just, like, the hardest I, I really hardcore. had to convince Lucas not to murder you for that thing. He texted me about it, I don't know, Saturday night, late Saturday night or something. He was like, I just found out Phil got this and not me. <laughs> Lucas has been, like, hounding after that toy for two years. It's right. nice. I'm not trying to be an a-hole. It's really nice. <laughs> no, it's it's one of those those things where it's like, man, I just want to find it for a decent price. And Orson from Captured Prey always like just has like crazy prices. So like if you could like get his booth first and get some of his stuff at like the pick of the uh, of the litter or whatever, like I mean, you're doing pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. I got this Friday night before the show floor opened for everyone. And I was like, Oh, he's got it in the box. I saw he had, he had sent out a list of some friends of his and I saw it on the list. And I was like, yeah. eh, I don't know. And then I saw the box and like, yeah, yeah, I, I, am going to get it. As, as Paul said, I, you know, it was my own fault for snoozing on it. So, I mean, yeah, if you were by his booth and you saw it. Um, so I don't know. I, I was lucky that I got there at a time where he had most of his booth set up. So, yeah. Yep. What always surprised what surprised me, Phil mentioned the whole like, you know, people not being as immersed and not as like knowledgeable about all the little things as we are, just people not being as familiar with prices as I am. Like people seem to be very surprised by prices being low or high, but I'm always very aware of what the things I cost or what wait a second. What the things I want cost and what the rough values are and what the ranges are, the things I'm selling. I've always looked over the ranges and have an idea. I know general values. I know what's expensive and what's not expensive. And I feel like a lot of the fans there just don't know that because they don't spend as much time insanely immersed in Transformers as I do. Well, You mean they don't do a weekly podcast on Transformers with their friends? <laughs> weekly. Or like tri-weekly, three-weekly, thrice-weekly? Many uh, times. Uh, bi-weekly for most of us. A, a little bit. But I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times, even though we're somewhat immersed in it, a lot of times, like when I go on the floor, there might be something that just catches my eye that I hadn't really thought about in a while. And I'm sitting there scrambling to be like, all right, is this a good price? Is that, you know, and you're just sitting there checking eBay listings and, and whatever, trying to figure out, you know, what's a good price for XYZ figure, um, you know, and I think for some of us too, that we're so used to some of the older prices, like you've been to these conventions for a number of years. And so like you remember however many years ago when some of this stuff was priced a lot cheaper than, than what it is now, just because all the collectibles have went up in value um, you know, for the most part. So you're like, I remember when I spent a nickel on this. So. <coughs> 
that's one of my favorite parts about the dealer's room is when I do run into things I don't know about, though. Because there are still things I don't know about. There are still figures from various Transformers lines that I'm just not aware of. You know, variants I'm not aware of, individual figures I'm not aware of. And there was a person who had, like, a really good stock of G1-ish stuff. And he had a few really cool-looking knockoffs and I started just engaging him about the knockoffs. And then he started pulling out these, like, bizarro world knockoffs of G1 stuff. And this is all, like, you know, stuff that's actually from the 80s. So we're talking three-digit prices. So a little bit out of my comfort zone and my knockoff exploration so far. But it was just really cool to just, like, have him pull out these things. I've never seen them. I've never heard of them. And they're valuable. And I never knew. It was cool to me. I was so happy. So the thing that you always want to do if you're not sure about something when you're at the show is to grab yourself a Destron and to have him help you out with that because he's very handy about this. This has happened to me in the past where I, you know, decided to get into, you know, buy some, uh, some GoBots and Machine Robo. Have you ever, you know, checked it out? I think at this point he's collected most of that. And so I've, I've had that where I, you know, ask him questions and he says, oh, well, yeah. So like, you know, XYZ figure, like you have to watch out for this or, you, you know, this figure has a knockoff and you have to look at the like stamp on this to, you know, that it may be like if you look at this or that or whatever. And the knockoff is worth about this. The regular version is worth about this, you know. So, yeah, Destron is always the, uh, the go to resource for me at the convention. We should raise money for the podcast next year by renting out Peter for like an hour at a time. <laughs> Rent out a Transformers expert to help you with your shopping. Well, That'd and in fact, really um, Control Mage said that uh, they think the best part of Rick's panel on Friday was that he managed to rope Peter into doing it at the last minute. So, yeah, I should have yeah. actually said it was actually Peter's panel, not Rick's panel, right? Because... Uh, Speaking of Transformers experts, Paul has asked to join us, Lucas. Oh, was that what it was? Okay, here. Let me, yep. let me go and add him. Um, expert. That's a pretty... Aficionado. There we go. Okay. A Starscream expert. He would be a Starscream expert. Starscream expert, yeah. We'd have to stop talking just because he's joining. We can keep no, talking. I think... We should be silent to make it seem like we were just talking about him and make him feel awkward. Sorry, too late for that. He's here. Yeah. Paul, how was your experience? <laughs> I don't think Glad he did. Glad we He put this up a is... thumb. Yeah. You're looking. You're looking like you're doing pretty good there, Paul. So luckily I'm after that long right. drive home from TFCon, right? I'm all packed up, but everything's back in its right place, just like Radiohead. There you go. Man, that was so nice. Like, unpacking was so easy when I got home because I didn't bring home very much stuff. Because it, it was just, just awesome. your clothes? It was like I, I took all my – it was more finding spaces for the empty bins that no longer had toys in them. And then my one bin that had my leftovers was like, there we go, back in the garage. Woo. Uh, now sorry. I'm done. 
The only okay. thing I'm disappointed about is I like sold all of my good stuff and I was you did. the crap. And I was like, like there was several figures. I was like, Oh, well if I don't sell this, like I won't feel too bad, you know? Right. But I was left with like, just as junk that I'm like, ah, oh, gosh, darn it. Like this stuff's never going to sell. Is it like your toy collector level actually went down from the stuff mm. you sold? Yeah, Lucas, I didn't even get over to your table to see what you had for sale. And like, you were probably a good like 12 feet behind me most right. of the convention. Right. 12? Like 36. <laughs> we were buried oh. under people for all of Saturday. Yeah. Well, and I, then all our stuff more, is gone. It was more where Paul was like, hey, can you watch my booth? So we had to go over to your oh. guys' side. But uh, yeah. The good side of the tracks. I, I used uh, Peter as my booth babe when I needed a bathroom break. I got to tell you, TFCon always puts me, like, right after the Chosen Prime. So that, like, no, I'm not the first booth you see, but I am the second, and it's great. <laughs> it's been that that way a few times, and I got to say, thank you, TFCon, for the You're in a good spot, and I think places. basically since your booth was so long – People just meandered into our booth afterwards and thought of us as an add-on, which worked out for us. Yeah, me if me if if it hasn't been said, Phil and I and another guy, <clears throat> I, I I bought the tables, but the the goal was like, hey, let's have let's all sell, and like you can buy instead of us each getting our own individual tables and being all over the place, we get to consolidate space and have more fun and be near each other. And that actually helped really well, though, because we basically had like your booths and then curved around the corner to me and Lucas's booth and then our friend Aaron's booth. And we were all like we all knew each other and we all had kind of a similar like selling style and conversation style and everything. So I think that worked out well. Yeah, well, it was actually pretty great. I was going to say and then the other side was Orson who was also happened to be selling some of Christian stuff and Rob stuff. And I guess Serge did, was he selling stuff to you? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so pretty much, uh, we, we took up like half the vending space, I guess. at TF this year. Rick was kind of on his own car. Island is, is like, like he was the only one sort of just by himself over on, on his side, but he had a really gorgeous setup. He did. He was running the cusp of dealer and artist since he was selling framed art. That's true. So, yeah. yeah, he was he was right there on the border between artist alley and the main vendor space. But I guess that's one interesting thing we can all say about our TFCon experience. I think this goes for the five of us. I think like almost all the cast sold more than we bought. Like we all came home with things, but we actually were more a part of the selling than the buying this year. This is the only thing I bought. And I regret it. And Seriously? it's like third, third the party only two? Legends crap. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Paul's just going to start getting into that. Only thing else I bought was like a Coke and a sandwich and a beer. I'll give you 20 bucks to send those to me, Paul. I'll put them in a good home. 90, please. 20. Plus shipping. Because that's no. what it costs. Plus shipping? Ew. You're charging me shipping? Your BFF Anna? Jeez. Yeah, yeah because I, yes. My heart's broken. It probably, probably, I mean, they're so small. I could maybe make that go uh, first class. They're so little and worthless. They don't even have much weight to them. I thought, 
Um, so I've sold at the last three TF cons I've been to. That's and that's a new experience. Maybe four. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're, maybe you're right, Phil. Yeah, something like that. You had stuff in mine and Serge's table uh, four years back. And, and that was my test run. That was like where I was yeah. like, yeah, let's see what this is like. And I really appreciate you allowing me to do that. That was very nice of you. I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> but um, that was great. And so <clears throat> I now have a, a different... I look at it all through a different lens than I used to. This, this is, again, more Transformer maximalism, you know, towards late-stage Transformerism, whatever you want to call it. I've gone through all the hoops. Now I'm at the dealer stage, okay? The next thing I... The next step is, like, running a convention or working at Hasbro. Like, what's next? I don't or know. Or running a third-party hey, company. Hey, Paul, yeah. I... I actually know someone. If uh, if you want to help run a convention, uh... see you're already there. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but I mean, it's it's just it's just different when you're not just a fan there. Like you see the same people, but now you see them as customers or potential customers versus just dude I avoid or don't like, or dude I do like, or girl that I've talked to before and I recognize her, you know, it's like, it's a different story. And do people recognize you now that you're behind the booth? You know, do they like, Oh, don't talk to that guy. Oh, Oh, I got a good deal from this guy last year. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird, like it's a weird change. And so since all of us were doing it, do you, do you get what I mean? And can you describe yeah. it in a way better than I can? Here? No, because we were traveling like a pack of dealers, right? We were, when we all hung out together at the end of the day, it looked like a group of the dealers were people hanging out, a bunch of vendors hanging out. You don't think of it as just fans hanging out, even though we're all like fanning out over something. You know, I'm talking endlessly about why it's okay that I bought a Kiss Players toy and I'm not a terrible person. And, you know, all the same stuff we've always done, but now to other people, we look a little odd. Because I know one of the things I really thought about a lot is everyone who recognized me from the show, I feel like I didn't get to have a good conversation with them. Like, I feel like it was just kind of like, a oh, recognition. Hey, it's really cool to meet you and then move on instead of like chatting like we normally would. And it was kind of a bummer because it's like, oh, I, would, I like to talk to everyone. I talk a lot at conventions and everywhere else. You're, you're so, like, hey, if you want me to keep talking to you, you better show the dollar bills over there, right? Is yeah, right. Kind of how you ranked how much you like people now, Paul. You're like, oh, well, this guy was annoying, but then he pulled his uh, sack of cash out and he got less annoying. <laughs> Listen, <clears throat> I'll just, I'm going to be honest. Lots of dealing with a lot of, especially trans fan customers at a convention can be very annoying. And when they complete that sale, it's like suddenly like they're not annoying anymore. <laughs> You're like, oh, and now, you know, how was your day? How's your day? But like, tell me, you know, like suddenly I want to talk to them. And I know that's weird and shallow and shit, but that's just how I'd rather talk to the person that bought something from me than the person that comes up and says, I have that toy. Do you want to know what other toys I have? I have this one and this one and this one and this one. And I'm like, you're talking to the wrong dude. We've all talked to that guy. Yeah. It's weird. It's always weird when you talk to that guy. And then there's some people you just sort of like, yeah, I know. I, I know I'm going to have a 10 minute conversation with you because I've, I've done it a few years in a row. And then it's nice to say, like, hey, like, you actually remember people that made big sales, right. but you don't, like, 
It's like you don't remember till you're back in the saddle, and you're like, oh, you're the person that bought that thing. Oh, yeah, hey. You know, I know it sounds it sounds shallow, but when when that's when your goal is making money, you interact with people differently, and you like strat- yeah. stratify them different. I don't know. For for me, it's always interesting because a lot of times when I'm selling stuff there, it's you know I'm selling a lot of stuff that's a few years old. And I know Paul, like you sell some some of the newer stuff, you know yourself. But like, I, it always like kind of like I always enjoy talking to people where they get really excited because they're like, "Oh man, I've been looking for you know this figure, that figure, and you have it, and you have it at a great price." <clears throat> uh, and just being able to you know give them that experience of of kind of completing whatever collection but i had i I ended up selling off a lot of my mmc stuff and uh you know some of the people that were like oh i'm I'm just looking for this that and and whatever was was fun for me so um, i want to kind of because we've we've been going like 50 minutes and we've basically just been happy to like former dealers round table where we talked about the the life of dealing at a convention sounds like drug dealing but we're actually talking about transformers dealing anyway i i want to kind of steer us towards like other cool things about being at the convention and that that's one of those things like i did notice this as a dealer but just as a shopper as well like when we're in our little circle right like especially when i am doing microcasters with christian and lucas i have a lot of transformers interests that they just completely don't like i send them pictures of my newest legends figure and they don't say anything in the chat right like i don't hear anything back it's been like two months and i never hear anything but at a convention like this like every Transformers sub brand type personality all of it is appreciated by someone right like there were many big fans of the bayverse figures there were many big legends collectors there were multiple people looking for freaking kiss players there were lots of people who have started collecting action masters i had a lot of competition looking at action masters around the convention and those are a lot of things like freaking chaos there were so many people who knew as much about chaos as i do like that's something that we kind of miss sometimes not being around like everyone in the fandom as we just feel like certain things like aren't appreciated or I'm the only one who likes this or things like that. That's a really cool thing about the con is you just get to see everybody loving everything, right? Like such a positive reaction. You always have that person who just their favorite figure in the world is something bizarre that you don't like that much, but they sure do love it. I had one girl come up and ask me point blank, like, why doesn't anyone have any Cyberverse stuff? And I had to kind of explain to her, like, the dealers don't care about it. Like, they don't think anyone wants it, which I know is not true. I just didn't bother bringing of it, but I like had I had to kind of explain to her, like, it's an aqua- it's a taste that doesn't match with the the minds that are selling stuff. No one's going to waste their time selling but I really what, what are you going to make for the cyber store? 20 bucks total? No? I, like, I, I do feel like, though, as a dealer, you almost have to kind of think about that. And I know, Paul, you've like you asked too. that of me before, where you're like, what should I bring that no one else is going to have? Because if you bring the exact same junk that like every other dealer has, like you're not going to sell it. Whereas like like, black- if you're the only one with Cyberverse, you're going to like, you know, because I think you probably had that with some of the... Uh, 
core class figures, right? Like I didn't oh, see yeah. a lot of other dealers having that. And you were telling me how you're just like selling through those things. That's because no one has the balls to sell them for $25, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Lucas, that's a good one. Who sold a black Zarek at TFCon? You did? You yeah. actually did? It was the only Titan I sold. Wow. Everyone had a black Zarek. Yeah. Everyone. I think everyone had an arc too. I, d- I didn't see as many of those, but, but that makes sense. Yeah. That is. One thing, that one thing I sold a lot of, and I know, Anna, you were trying to steer us away from this, so I'm not trying to. Last thing I'm going to say about it. I sold a lot of premium PF, premium finish, because I don't mm-hmm. think anyone had that. Mm-hmm. And I, I was selling it really reasonable. So that was that was my that's what I went with Lucas to try so to... I had maybe a dozen of these kind of pieces that I didn't sell any of them and I don't know from just talking anecdotally to a few other people on the floor they didn't sell many of them either and that was anything in this packaging the black and white gen yep. selects or MP packaging like get rid of this Takara like this whole TTGSO4 like this is <clears throat> horrible like so many people were coming up to me like what what is that what is mp52 sw yeah, plus can't, can't confirm i was selling a blue streak that was that way well that's so yeah. if you're, that's if you're trying sold. to sell it stuff and you actually have it loose or, or open and you put it back in the box so it's more valuable i honestly find that it's better to just take it out and stand it on top of the box or in front of the box so they can see the figure and i think this is why people why there's this whole concept in sales of floor models Right, like if you were selling a bunch of those and you had a floor model, which was, you know, yours to mess with, but also just the one to sit there, then they actually know what the hell is in that black box that says letters, letters, numbers. And that's exactly how I sold the PF toys, because I was selling the ones that came in the black box and I opened up the black box and put the thing in front of it. And when someone bought it, I gave them the black box one and they're like, whoa, that's not what I bought. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Just Mm -hmm. just take it. Just just take it. Yeah. Well, I feel like yeah, I actually sold you. some of my loose stuff uh, figures before I, I sold the box ones. And there's probably something about that, Anna, like you said, that when you actually see the figure like in front of you, it's more dynamic than if you're just like looking at a box. Yeah, like there's just a lot of the boxes that don't really tell that much of a story. And when you actually see the figure standing there, you know, the first thing people will see when they see say when they see a lot of those is I did not realize how big that was. Or I did not realize how detailed that was. Or wow, that looks really cool in 3D for the first time. And it really does kind of help with that sort of thing. Which is part of the fun of meandering around a con is you get to see all the things that you personally have never played with. That, that's an interesting point, Anna, because one of the other things that took place last week was a call with Hasbro and a bunch of, of Transformers websites. And one of the things that was asked about is, will Transformers go the route of Black Series or Marvel Legends and have no window in the box and just, just completely picture on the box? Um, and, and Hasbro said no. Hasbro said that the, the, uh, the engagement pattern from kids especially – is with the Transformers, they want to see it in that box. Hence why with the new legacy toys that we're getting, they have that like Han Solo and Carbonite kind of like, you know, inside, stuck inside that packaging sort of thing. But you can still see the the head and upper torso of those toys, which they said is important for Transformers buyers. 
Christian, you were about to say something a little earlier. I was not. Oh. Well, yeah. you know, did I did see... Did you guys talk about Optimus I, I Prime being there? What now? Did you guys talk about Optimus Prime? We talked about in, Colin, in yeah. Flesh? No. A little bit. A little the bit. Truck. I don't know if we... The truck? The oh, truck. the truck. Oh, oh yeah, the outside truck. Truck was shiny. I, never I didn't go outside. Truck. Outside yeah. sounded icky. Yeah, it was poorly placed, but cool to see when I did see it. Yeah, it was right by the dumpsters. Oh, there you yeah, go. I think, right that is, I think TFCon needs to be done with that venue going forward. It's outgrown it. I don't know. I mean, I yeah. like the venue. I do think, yes, they they probably need a, a larger space than what they have right now. They also the it's funny because has, they use I mean, the, they, they the, the, the pizza thing. They closed the bar thing. The restaurant closed early each night. Things weren't easy to get to. Like, yeah. it's just you know, little quality of life things that would be improved at other places. So I remember back in 16, they used the Hyatt Regency, which is the same mm -hmm. as the main hotel for Enemy Central. And that was just like, at the time, in 2016, that was too big of a venue for TFCon. But now, I think, as much as it has grown in the last few years, I think it's time to kind of go back to that one. Not the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center. We don't need that yet. But the actual Hyatt Regency would be a better fit. It's just a bigger hotel made for bigger gatherings, basically. It's, it's nice. a yeah. more expensive hotel. I mean, I will say it's probably better in, in their respect to sell out the smaller space than to not sell enough of the bigger space if that makes sense like that's i'm sure probably part of the math that goes into you know what they're doing is is that are they going to you know utilize all all the space because all that costs money you know one of the and, things and that i'm Sorry, Anna, go ahead. I was just going to say, don't take us wrong here. Like, the, the convention space this year, the hotel this year, is a nice hotel. It is a nice space. It is well run. I like it quite a lot. I've been to much, much worse hotels for conventions before where the hotel has actually hurt the convention. I would say the only thing about this hotel that could possibly hurt the convention is just a little bit too small in the gathering spaces. But, like, it's it's a good place. It's just TFCon probably needs to move up again, size-wise at least. Baltimore is a nicer venue. So so coming from Baltimore last year to, to this this year, it is, feels like a little bit of a step back. From, from a lot of that aspect, Baltimore is nicer. Um, Except for loading one, in. Well, yeah. The um, one of the things that I would, I would recommend to them is I, I don't know how much space the rooms downstairs hold but to, to maybe move the panels to some of the downstairs rooms where they had either staging for signings or signings going on and then extend the dealer room into where the, the, um, the panel is, is at. Cause that's like, I'm, I'm assuming it's you can take point. down that the, wall and continue going. Cause they look yeah, like they're connected. No, you could. I, the only issue, I don't know if the space downstairs, is there a room that big uh, for panels? Cause they really needed that, especially for Cullen. Like yeah. they really like they, like we were packing people in uh, for the Cullen panel and like having people move down and it it was a hundred percent like you know packed for 
uh, yeah. for that specific panel. And and I will say, like, I went to the Cullen panel, and that was like, honestly my favorite thing about it was is just the energy from the room. Like, there was so many people in there, and like everyone was so excited to see him. And so, like, he got a standing ovation, like, at the very beginning of the panel. And, like, like honestly, he just started tearing up by the reaction. Because I'm sure he's went to a million of these, uh, you know, conventions and all that. But, like, he's just not going to get the same reaction, uh, even though it may be positive at a regular, uh, you know, Comic-Con as, as he is, like, at TFCon. Yeah, definitely. So I guess we've we've already been at it for an hour, and we said that we would try to also talk about like halls and things we got and things we saw. Do we want to shift that direction? So yeah, kind of piggybacking on what Christian said, one of the things I did get was an autograph from Peter Collin, and and that was a cool experience. So that that was nice. It was a short, you know, they kept you moving, unfortunately, but it was it was a cool experience to get his autograph. Yes, Christian. That was completely detached from anything you said. Watch up Lucas isn't Christian's name far more often than I'd like. I don't know why, but Lucas and uh, Lucas and I both got his autograph and piggybacking on what Lucas was saying. Yeah, the line was crazy long. Um, You know, Phil, you did the right thing where you kind of waited for a while um, to uh, to get in line. So, like, kind of you you hit the very tail end of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you're like at the very beginning or middle, like you're waiting, uh, a decent, you know, chunk for, for his autograph. Yeah, it was. And that, that's like a treasure that won't be around forever. Right. Like he's getting older. So getting an autograph from him, if you're an autograph person is a big deal. So it's really cool that you guys got them. Yeah. I'm not an autograph person, so I've. Me either. So, Control Ridge was asking about uh, who went to the Wildest Parts Party. And, I, you know, I'm a little disappointed. A couple of the ones that I heard, I know earlier Zaldron had mentioned uh, that David Kay, I guess, got upset because there was a parts party next to him and, you know, people were being a little bit loud. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I get yelled at in the hallway for being too loud there. <laughs> yeah, I had not heard that story. That's interesting. I, I'm, I'm curious at what party that was. He was probably just trying to sleep. Like, legitimately, it was, like, 11 o'clock. He was probably trying to sleep so he could be doing his job the next day. But, yeah, yeah. Um, that was that was actually... Which, which one was five, that? Wasn't it? Was that the seventh floor where they had the, the, the role-play party going on? I think it was yeah. five. I think, I think it, it was, was five. Over by Paul and his neighbor. Well, it wasn't me, because my party was not very hopping. I think it was hallway people. I think it was loud talkers in the hallway. Um, me and one of our friends were both talking at full volume when we went down the hall. And we get yelled at, but oh, maybe so we deserved it. It turns out, find the real culprit. I'm a little what, loud what, sometimes. Was it by hotel staff or someone just stuck their head out of the room and said, "Shut up"? It was just someone like wearing a TF concert. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were they posted like the outside TF- Kay's yeah. room. <laughs> I felt bad for the poor guy because he just looked so like stressed, right? Because he had to be telling people to be quiet, he's being pressured, but then people were having fun, and that's the whole goal of the convention. I just felt bad for him because he had to do that. It's like he I feel like as, convention, as convention management, you should probably stick talent away from the block of rooms that you sold for the you convention. Should. Yeah. So something that's I have to say, like. 
something I have to say about all the adults that we're talking about is we started talking about parts parties and we didn't say what the hell that was. When I went to TFCon 16 and people started talking about parts parties, I was terrified. I didn't know what was going on. What are you talking about what the hell is a parts party? So that's generally what people call room cells. I think initially, you know, the idea was to, you know, go to the room and try to find parts to complete figures back when one of the main things to do in Transformers fandom was try to complete G1 figures. But it's kind of just evolved into this general term for anyone who is selling toys out of their rooms. And this isn't something that happens at normal conventions. This is a Transformers convention thing where people actually have their weird room cells. They, they actually have a board downstairs um, by the registration area where everyone can post. I think it's more of a, I think it's more of a toy a toy show thing. Probably. I've never gone to any other toy conventions. Just for well, cars. Just because at Kane County Toy Fest, like the the hotel parties are kind of like the main event more so than the whole the whole thing. So I feel just, like back in sixteen, the room parties, the room cells, whatever, were still more of the main event. But then when you think about it, like out of out of those who are here, you know, at least more than half of us are not actually toy retailers, right? Like. Lucas and I are two fans who were selling our extra stuff. We weren't selling out of our room. We had a legitimate table. Mm-hmm. And I feel like since that's become more of the norm for the fans who have too much to just buy their own tables, the room parties have kind of, they lost a little luster. Well, I, think co- I think COVID kind of killed that too. Like people are not like wanting to go into people's hotel rooms and people don't want people coming into their hotel rooms. So I think it'll t- the world is still healing as far as that goes, but it does seem a lot less wild than it was the year that there was a rave in Amber's room that was just incredible. Like I don't know, that was peak TFCon for me when was I was nineteen. And that was nineteen. That was in that was in DC. And that was awesome. I was like, hey, I'm on a podcast with you, and you're making me a drink. And I, Is this your room? Holy cow. There's Aaron Archer. What's going on? There was a room with the bartender this year. Say, yeah. He didn't go to the fanfic really? room. Yeah, it was yeah, the fanfic room. The fanfic yeah. room had, had a they, they cut it, it was off a fanfic party. after a while. Yeah. yeah. Like, no that more people be. allowed. That must have been. I was, I was an 18 plus fanfic and drinking. I was standing outside the fanfic room looking at their bar menu when the hotel manager came up and like, I couldn't even get in the room because it was so packed. And the hotel manager came up off the elevator with like, you know, a security person or something like, yeah, I'm the hotel manager. You guys need to clear out. This is, this is I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm walking away. So, so one thing I will say this specific venue, I think had the same issue the last time they had TFCon as well, where they're breaking up room parties. Like I never, like, I feel like the other hotels, like, I haven't really seen that uh, happen. But this one, I remember, I think the, the Realm of Collectors uh, last time had a big party. And they, they like, broke it up. So. That's a normal convention thing, though. People get too rowdy having too much fun. The hotel has to yell at them. Yeah, no, I, I haven't seen it at the other TFCons, is, is what I'm saying. So. I've seen a lot of anime cons, but not... Not selling things, but just having parties. Loud, right. wild parties. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a little different when you have like this like really loud party versus you have a handful of people in your room selling toys. So, 
It's just like the people with like the toys laid out on their bed. You know, it's just <laughs> there's an awkwardness to some of the room sales sometimes. And there is. And that's kind of like the one reason, even though the room cells are a culture and like, I still want to get together with everybody and go to all the room cells at the end of the evening. But honestly, like someone's room with two beds fills up really fast. If five of us are traveling together and there's already two people shopping in there, the moment we walk in that room, I'm uncomfortable because there's too many people and it's hard yeah. to look around, and people are touching the stuff I want to get, and ooh, it's very frustrating. I was yeah. in one room, and there was a lot of stuff I wanted to look at, and someone just kept grabbing everything I was looking at, and that just made it much harder for me to relax. It's it, it's never going to be as perfect and amazing as my setup in Baltimore. That was just <laughs> so unreal. That was intense. And you that know what's awesome. sad about it is that I think I did worse in the room sales that year than I did the previous year in Reston, which was just a regular room. You had some remarkable stuff in Reston, though. Like, you had some and things I, other people didn't have. Yeah. That's true, because on the way, I found all those. That was when... um. You know, the anime Optimus and Megatron and Sound Blaster and Blue Streak were showing up. I, like, I found those in, like, Pennsylvania on the way there, and I was the only person that had that. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you're right. I think it had to do a lot with the uh, stuff I had. But, but I guess what I'm saying is my room sales, like, I started with my high was the first hit I ever got. And it's been dwindling since. So, I don't know if I'm going to bother doing it again because... I don't know. It's like it's like if I follow my instincts, it's like, hey, don't bother because it's room selling isn't really working. But the year that I don't do it will be the year that it comes back. And like I'll be like, God, why didn't I do it? Like, why didn't I get an extra room or something? And be really sad. My thing is, like, once the show floor closes, like, all right, I'm also here to see friends and hang out with friends. So right. I'm going to bounce around and see my friends and, and hang out and, and consume large amounts of alcohol and food that's unhealthy for me. And my goal yeah, is to go I'm shopping to make with money, friends, maybe. so I kind of do it in the middle. Yeah. I try to do it but, all. Um, I guess, as I was trying to push this in this direction earlier, what is the most surprising thing you found, whether or not you ended up buying it or not, the most surprising thing that you found there? You want to go first, Christian? I'm going <clears> to go COVID. first, but you can take the... Take the I, I, I want to ask the four of you to not mention the thing that I bought oh, because okay. it's not here, and I want to show it off. So don't tell anyone yet. Yes, it's a secret. Thank you. I knew. I don't even think I know. Trying to tee it up. She's trying to get someone. I know. To I know. Discuss I know. It. No, I'm going to do it first. I'm going to talk about what I found, and y'all can say nothing because I just want to talk about it. Can, can I pause, Anna, before you do that? So something no. that. I didn't buy and I didn't find, but something that did surprise me at the show was the table for Robeson. Um, that was was a cool setup and cool display they had. Oh, and no flame toys. Yeah, it's kind of surprising yeah. that. Because I'm used to flame toys being the big, impressive booth, but instead it was Robeson this year. I just yeah. now realized that flame toys didn't have a presence. There were model kits. Some people sold the models and stuff and their, genre, their items, but... Um, they, they weren't there themselves. Yeah. The other thing I was surprised that was, wasn't there was newer stuff. 
So, like, I think there was some newer, like, Hasbro and Takara stuff. But, like, it felt like the last three to four months that third-party figures were missing. Like, there was a lot of things that had come out recently. Like, the new Dr. Wu cassettes. I planned to pick those up there because they, they just put out their second combiner cassettes. And I was like, oh, I'll just wait till TFCon to get those because they came out, like, a month or two ago. Not there. Um, that cool third-party Windblade figure everybody's been talking about by Bingo Toys, not there. Um, so many of the newer things that I was expecting to see in the third-party world, just they didn't make it. They didn't make it in time. So it was a little sad not to see the new stuff there in third-party. Again, I think most of the newer stuff, like Minerva was there, even though Minerva is just now trickling out into reality in some dimensions. Yeah. Um, there yeah, were most, there were a couple booths selling fifty dollars Minervas. Most of those uh, the dealers, right? Like they can sell all that new stuff online. They don't need the convention for that. They want to get rid of the old crap that they've had sitting around. You know. I mean that's true, but bringing it still gets people to come to your booth. Like having the yeah. coolest and newest thing still gets interest and gets people to walk over. Yeah, I mean, I would have had the most popular booth at the convention if I would have gotten my shipment that's late from EE. Because I would have had, I would have been the only a-hole there with bombers, and I would have brought them all. I didn't see a single one on the floor. And even though that's a stupid little thing, that is like the newest thing that's out. As, as of the time of TFCon. I had the, the yeah, Megatron Hiss tank and, and didn't get a ton of interest in that. I was That's because I was it sucks. I mean, that's, that's yeah. a real, it sucks. real easy yeah, this answer is a Transformers there. show, not a snake terrorist show. Yeah. I but just, it's not but even it, that, question. If it was good, it would sell. Yeah, it sucks. But and I think that speaks to how much it sucks because sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times, new sells, no matter how good or bad it is, first time seeing it, crap, I got to buy it now. I agree a hundred percent. Yes. When when new things are there, people get excited, people buy them just because they're new. The his tank Megatron is something people have heard about how bad it is. Yeah. You know, not only do the pictures kind of betray the mediocrity of the figure, but every early review was like, Hey, I can't recommend this. It's hollow, it's messy, you yeah. it's not good. So no, it's a bummer because I want to own it. I still love the concept. I wish I could own it, but I won't let myself spend that much money on something that is that. Eh. Yeah. It is a compliment, too. I think I bought, I don't even want to know how many of those I put on order, but it's too many. Oof. You'll move yeah. on. There's people who do want that in their collection. Uh, I love the idea of having my G.I. Joe's play with my Transformers. I mean, your best bet is that. G.I. Joe fans want it as a hiss tank for, you know, for for their figures for some reason. Which yeah, but then G.I. Joe fans are insulted because the Baroness toy looks god-awful. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, though, if you're a G.I. Joe collector, you like the old-style figures because it just looks like the original. Yeah, they were too slavish to the original stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's choices. the problem with that whole set. But I think we've talked about it before. <clears throat> yeah. So there, well, there were actually a couple Minervas there from Ch the Chosen Prime mm -hmm. booth. Now, they may have been sold right away. I have no idea. But I did see them uh, in the vendor room, like, Friday night when I was setting up. 
yeah, oh, they yeah. were fifty dollars. They were. They could have sold those for a hundred and fifty if they wanted. They Probably just didn't could've. want to. I think they sold them all. I didn't see them yeah. on the last day. Yeah, they, they, they sold them in five minutes. Man. Hour. Yeah, they they didn't make it to general mission. Yeah. The sign the, the night before the sign said twenty bucks and I was like, can I get this? And they're like, oh, we haven't priced everything yet. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. smarter than that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're right, not that right. dumb. Because like, oh, that's God. under retail. Right. Right. Am I the only one in the group who got an exclusive? Yeah, I did not. So, so yes. I'm gonna say yeah. Did you get Grand Delta? Get the cassette. You guys need to stall. I have a few of the exclusives to show off. So Man, you guys just stall for a second. I'll talk about what I saw. Uh, Chuck was there. Some of you may know who Chuck is. That's Art uh, Fire Thousand. <laughs> And he is a old school seller that um, moved to Illinois, but used to live in Hawaii, and he has connects in Japan. He's just like kind of an old school Transformers fan. But he had an amazing display of like everything that you've never seen in your life, and it included multiple Black Xerix, Star Sabers, Sky Garys, whatever you imagine. Anything with a crazy name, it had it. But he also had. ATB Megatron just sitting there. And I was oh. like, oh my God. How much Chuck. was he asking on that? I want to say it was $2,200 was what the price sticker said. I'm kind of surprised Peter didn't. Uh... He already had, I asked him too. I thought he needed it. I was like, look, dude. He's like, I already got one. I was like, oh, oh okay. well, congratulations. <laughs> you don't need that. Well, I know And uh, one Chuck... of our cast members got it though. Oh, really? Rickety, Rickety, Rick. Tricky Dicky Rick got it, and I think he got it for well under asking price. And if I had known Chuck would have taken that, I would have bought it like that. So I'm a dumbass. But you know what? I already have one. I don't need to be hoarding really rare figures. That's what's the fun in that? So I guess I'm happy for Rick that he got it. But that's I, I a really good price. That uh, Chuck had a, a number of figures that was giving Peter the shakes because he was like, oh man. Like if I just get these, I you know these are kind of some of the the final pieces. Uh, like he had a, a really nice stepper in box that, uh, that you know, and a few other ones I'd, as well. I'd like I'd like a stepper. Do you remember what the price was on stepper? Thirteen hundred. Was it? 13? Oh yeah, I, that's... I thought it was sixteen hundred. I don't know. It might have been sixteen hundred. I thought it was thirteen. Isn't that crazy? Because like that's been reissued essentially a few times now. So you, everyone's always like, "Oh, the reissue brings down the value of the original." Hell no, it doesn't. Maybe like for I think five it seconds, did probably briefly, but that was fifteen years ago. That reissue, came right, out. right, right, But it used to be. I remember that used to be a nine hundred dollar toy stepper, and like I thought, "Holy buckets, that's crazy!" And now it's almost double that. I mean. A few short decades later, but like still, right? Yeah, it's impressive when there's a booth that like dropped Peter's jaw. Well, I mean, it was Grail City. You want to talk about? Oh, yeah. that's my Grail. Well, no shit, it is. It's that's right. that's everybody. Those are real Grails. Yeah, that was the penitent man will pass going towards that booth. Yeah, because that that was a table that like there's plenty of stuff that if you just have money, you can get. That was a table full of things like, you can have a ton of money, you just won't be able to find these things. And he just had 
a wall of things that are difficult to find and expensive. I'm sure he did. My guess is that he made the most money of anybody over the convention, like more than TF Source, maybe not more than Chosen Prime. Yeah, I was going to say everyone else. The only one. Yeah. Do I know for a fact? No, but that I thought that was that was special. Like that's something like if you knew that was coming, you might have traveled to TFCon just to well, see his booth. And, and Chuck hasn't done a, a TFCon in years. I think he said 2016 was the last time he had done one. So yeah, it's like five years in between or whatever, six years in between. Well, and I think he did BotCon. I think he was at. I know he was at the 2016 BotCon. I think that was the, the what he was talking about. I swear I've seen it more recently than that. I could be wrong. They all kind of blend together after a while. Well, that's what he said, because I asked him, because uh, I, I think I remember him seeing him at 2016. I bought a couple things off of him at that point. No, Nowhere near this stuff. I'm more the, uh, like the, the stuff he puts in the front, you know, for... Uh, you know, the kids or whatever. It's like I'm buying the bins for kids to dig yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. That was me every year before this. This year I picked up rare crap. It was weird. Look at you, Anna. And you bought the exclusives too. I mean, you're like the big spender, oh. I guess, apparently. I think I am. I think I'm not monetarily the big spender, but I think I'm like conceptually the big spender. Well, well, you, you kept us in suspense, Anna. So let's let's take a gander. Yeah, so I am. I think I'm the only one in the group who got the super pass or whatever the hell it's called, so you can go to the six o'clock pick up your exclusives event. And there really weren't surprises at the six o'clock pick up your exclusives event. They had everything that was advertised. They had the God Delta in the cassette, and the um, they didn't actually have the. Um, I believe they didn't have the Make Toys Jet, and they didn't have the Planet X Dinosaurs. They didn't have either of those. They definitely didn't have the dinosaurs. I can't remember if the jet was down there or not. Um, So they had most of the exclusives down there at the preview event. They also had the, um, I think there are the X-Trans bots that are doing the G2 Protective bots. Is that right? It's them. Okay. Yeah, they had two of those down there, and they had some older MMC um exclusives along with this year's mmc exclusive so there was no big exclusives but um there was you know at least at least most of that stuff was down there that was supposed to be down there and the only thing they had advertised was the big old magna bomber set um from fans hobby was the only thing they actually advertised i'll tell you what surprised me though was I skipped the um, custom panel. And like, if you've known me for a while, I really love the custom panel as a concept. I think it's very fun to all sit around together, take apart a toy, turn it into something else. It's a great thing. But being an $80 panel that last year when I did it gave me a, um, a Flame Toys model kit I didn't want that we had to put together and paint during the panel just kind of turned soured me on these panels 
So when this year's custom panel was turning the Bumblebee Ratchet into Strongarm, I was a little bit disappointed in myself because it's like I would have enjoyed doing that together with everyone. But the surprise thing was they were actually selling the kits for it. Um, you can kind of see her head there. And you can see the big handcuff she comes with. So they were actually selling the kits so you can make your own there so i was able to pick up one and these were actually available throughout the whole convention i don't think he sold out of them and there was also i think at one of the cons they did shafter their tfcon character out of um huffer pipes whatever the hell it is whichever one they used for it so that kit was there too but that was cool because it was something i did not expect to have a chance to get now i have to find a ratchet i cannot find a ratchet for sale for a normal price or lower but <laughs> Smooth. I had my stuff the whole weekend. Yeah, I know, but I I couldn't buy it because it was yours. It was weird. I don't know. I thought what it was weird. <laughs> I thought it would be strange. Buy... Oh, okay, when I get it back from Orson, I'll send it on to you. Perfect. That'll work out well. I'll pay you for it. What? The... Okay. What? Why would? It felt weird. It felt weird. I would have given you the bro fan prize. Yeah, I also had one, Anna. You did? Oh, yeah. I didn't even see yours. See, I saw the one over there, and I wasn't sure if it was Christian's or not, and I got confused. I wasn't sure, so I just put it down, and then I couldn't find it again because please, everything was in bins. Please buy Christian's it was hard to find them. Okay, sure. Were you Were you worried that it was a smallpox ratchet? Yes. Yes, okay. that was actually what I was worried about. Sometimes ratchet comes with smallpox, and I was worried about that. So the one exclusive I had planned to get was the MMC exclusive, the Steeljaw cassette, which was in fact there, does in fact exist, is probably part of their new pricing, it being $85 instead of the 60 that their cassettes used to be. So a lot of people were turned off by that. It's a cool box though, right? Like it's got the blaster sides. So it's like, he's a blaster and you can see through it. And there's a cassette. Oh my goodness. And it goes whoop, and it opens up and then he can fly out in your mind because he's actually in plastic and hard to pop out that easy. So I managed to get this one. I don't think it's sold out or anything. I actually have no idea if it's sold out or not. But um, it is available online right now, I believe. And what we found out at the convention is that this one is actually different than the main release version of the figure. This is the first edition. And the the main release version of the figure looks like it probably has a little bit better paint. So, What's you gonna your do? mileage may vary when you get the first editions, you know. But it's pretty cool. I like it. It's, it's fun. The big, crazy exclusive, I did not get for myself, but I am sending to our mutual friend Catherine, is this old big sucker. I can't even be on the camera with it. So big. So this thing, thing is massive, monster. right? Like, I have a normal sized human head, and this You're thing a is enormous. It is gigantic. I, I cannot express to Catherine and anyone else who are interested in this figure how much bigger this is once you take it out of the box. Like, both the 
both the used to be again Ryan, the used to be God Bomber figures are both hugely tall figures. They are so massive. And it comes with little extras and weapons and the little I guess they're like the Headmaster Junior Duders. They used to be until they became strange colors. It is a this is a massive and expensive exclusive. I personally have never seen an exclusive this large. Christian, do you have an exclusive that large? Nero Rex was that large. Oh, was that a con exclusive? Yeah, it was at TF Constructor. Jeez, that is and huge. Ball. That's a big one too, then. Yeah, yeah, this this combiner was. I'm sorry. This this exclusive was the size. Once you put the two of them together, as like a a third party MP scale combiner. So you're talking something that's about the size of like Organ or uh, whatever the Piranicon third party toy is. It's it's because it's it's both tall and wide. I like what I heard. Is I thought you said it's the size of Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> it's the size know. of all of Oregon. Yes. Yes. It, it it's is. so big. It's so big. It's so cool. It's seems neat. I don't know. Portland's like in his knee somewhere. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Knee of Portland. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this was a neat exclusive for them to have. I I kind of like I prefer the like cheaper, smaller exclusives that don't feel like such a huge purchase as this one did. But like if you want something that's memorable. <laughs> memorable. Catherine said open it. I know, which is crazy. I did not know she expected me to open it. Catherine, I seriously think it will be easier to ship in that box than it would be if I took it out. That box is origami screen. It just, it's too much. Yeah. It grows. Like you take it out of the box and... Just keep it in the box and then to open it when it reaches its final destination. I have to move mine in a couple weeks, and that's going to be a real fun time. I just have the Super Genrai parts from the version I have, and it is already absolutely massive out of the box. So, Big that's it for exclusives for me. Those are the only ones I got. There were a few other ones that were exciting for people like the Planet X Dinosaurs. People were pumped about those. Um, but what is the most memorable thing each of you brought home? with you facetious yeah. answers are allowed paul bill so so i i'll just quickly show my haul because uh, it wasn't a lot um and i actually spent more money on non-transformer toys than i did transformer toys um so besides peter collins autograph i got david k's autograph he he did a little video for my son and i which was fun uh i bought two super seven thundercats toys which i'm, I'm very excited to open eventually uh, so, so I spent a hundred on them, but actual Transformers toys, I only spent 95. So I got a, a heat wave, uh, for, for my younger son, uh, for my older son, I got him a Transformers t-shirt as I showed earlier. We got Mr. Uh, cloud hot rod here, which I'm very, very infatuated with. And, uh, he is, he is nice and shiny. These cloud decos are, are something else. Um, and then, uh, in, man. yeah, well, you know, um, and then, uh, yeah, I got a, a at a room party, a parts party, which, like, let's think about the parts party instead of, you know, we have room party and then parts party. And parts party are where you sell your kidney to buy more Transformers. So you sell your parts versus buy parts. Uh, but I got a, you know, Mudslinger Power Core Combiner, which uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm enamored with Power nice. Core Combiners. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. 
We can make a power core triangle between me, you, and Christian. There we go. I already exactly. messaged Orson, like, hey, whatever power cords you got left when you get back in town, let me know, because I got the itch for those right now. There's a small temptation to sell you the ones that I don't need, but I think I need to continue having almost all of them. Yeah, I think that I think that state of life actually makes me kind of happy. I'm bummed so I sold a couple of those bodies. I sold Leadfoot and the Ice Guy, and I'm bummed at myself for doing that. I have an extra of one of them. Let me figure out which one it is. Sorry, not not the ice guy. I have a lead foot and uh, I had a lead foot in the the like the, the mechanic yellow uh, uh, construction vehicle Sledge? thing. Sledge. Sledge. Yeah. Wish I have I at least one it. repeat. I'll All look right. forward and see and ask you if All you right. want it because I obviously don't need two of the same one. Even yeah. though I actually have multiple repeats of their buddies, they're like. You know, the, the one-pack ones that just came with the little yeah. Arms Micron, Micromaster, Minicon, yeah. whatever the hell, Target Master, whatever term actually applied to those clear duders to turn into weapons, kind of. And I have, have I have like, four of the Axe because the Axe is really cool. The Axe is awesome. And I have, like, two red, two blue. Pretty. It's cool. Thanks for sh- sharing, Phil. Sharing. Yeah. Well, happy to do so. Christian, what did you acquire? The coolest thing I acquired is probably the second coolest thing I've ever bought, and I'm not telling you what it is right now because it's not here and I didn't bring home. So to answer Anna's question of the coolest thing I brought home, I bought four minicons from Orson. One is a set of the X-Dimension race team, so they're like a blue Skyboom shield. Very cool. And then I bought Element, who is a platform, a platinum Micron from uh, Galaxy Force. He's a redeco of Cybertron six speed and clear and gold. Pretty fantastic. What? What, Peef? Trying to figure out what that is. Yeah, oh, I can't figure it either. Yeah. All right, hang on. Show it to us. Okay. Yeah. Show me already. I already saw it, you guys. The blue shield I can picture, but this other one, Cybertron six speed. Who is that? This is Element. Is it too shiny? Oh, yeah. Orson had those cool bags with the reflective stuff in the back. Those those were neat. Great for selling. Horrible for podcasting. Yeah. Hang on. I will get him. Especially for people who are just listening. Like, I can't even see it. Well, well, no, there's there's something about that. Uh, I actually found out that our oh. our show is not being published right now to Apple or Android because there's like something broken with the link. We're trying to get that fixed, so I apologize. Yeah, we're trying real hard. I, I messaged Jerron to see if we could uh, figure it out together. So we'll see. Also, pretty. The, the platinums were giveaways at Toys R Us in Japan. We do bought a certain amount of products and i i don't think they were all three available at the same time it's, oh nice. six speed was in the recon minicon team he's the lamal racer i hope i can get the other two eventually but when you see them you grab them because you're collecting galaxy force and cybertron stuff and well they don't come around often mm-hmm. did not even know it existed so very neat uh, surprise very nice so uh, for me, uh, I didn't get a whole lot. I'm a little disappointed. I went under Christian's estimate for me. Uh, I actually only bought one toy and I bought uh, like one art thing, which uh, so Casey Collier came out with um, his 
IDW retrospective. And this is really, really cool. Like, this is essentially almost like a hard, I don't know, whatever, whatever you call it, uh, book. But it's, it pr collects a lot of the art that he did over the years uh, for IDW. And so he kind of shows it off online as well. But, uh, so this is cool. This was $40. I think that he may still be taking orders online for them. Uh, he sold out of like two of his cases at the show, but I think he, he still has another case that he was gonna, gonna do. So yeah, so I always love Casey's art. Um, he does a great job. Um, so yeah, so that was the That's art. Cool. I'm gonna that grab I got. Yeah. So that, that was neat. Um, and then the toy that I got, which is kind of a little bit, you know, I don't know. I feel like it's a little boring, but it's the MDLX uh, Optimus Prime, uh, which just came out um, not that long ago. But uh, for those that don't know, I think we talked about this, like the MDLX Bumblebee that came out from 3.0. Um, this is their stylized G1 line. And so they... Just they came out with the Bumblebee, they just came out with the Prime, Megatron's on the way. Uh, I believe they had also announced the Seekers, like I think a Starscream and a Sideswipe. And Cl I think Cliff Jumper is also up for pre order as well. Um, so the thing that's really neat about this is, um, this is I guess like similar to um, like the amazing Yamaguchi figures, I guess, or um, I'm trying to think of another corollary to this, like. What's the what's the other figures that are kind of like this Anna and other Revoltech? Yeah, maybe Revoltech, but like what Revoltech's what publishes the Amazing Yamaguchi. Right. Um, I was trying to think of another um, line, um, like the like I don't know if there's Bandai, whatever. But anyway, this. Um, I was gonna say the thing that's cool about this is um, I'm just amazed at what they pack in for the price point for this. Um, because this is, you know, fully painted, like just the air, the, uh, the dry brushing on the figure and all that, um, is just really, really amazing. Um, it doesn't have as much articulation as the amazing Yamaguchi stuff, but like, it still has a pretty good amount and like, you know, like there's not a lot of gaps, um, you know, for the figures when you're like kind of moving it around and. And whatever too but how does it I, how does it you have bumblebee i have the bumblebee and i have the optimus prime they're both really good for the price i would say that so the i know surge has the really big figures which i can't remember whatever that line's called they also have the dlx which is like twice the size of these that is more like transformers like the bumblebee movie uh figures those are nicer than this um but like again like the sound wave for that is like over two hundred dollars the in the blitz swing or whatever. This is you know like eighty bucks for the Optimus Prime. So for me, I I kind of like this. You know, prefer this to Masterpiece, um, just because I'm probably not going to transform the Masterpiece anyway. So I'd rather have the like cool looking guys that can do some you know really neat poses and and whatnot. Very cool. But yeah. Well, I was curious about that compared to the Bumblebee because the Bumblebee is phenomenal, but that toy for some reason doesn't look as to the same level as the Bumblebee. 
I don't I don't know what it is. I think it's just the proportions or something. But the bumblebee is so awesome, and that one looks almost a little too plain. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's. I don't know. I mean, it fits in. It's it's roughly about the same. Yeah. Um, but uh, <clears throat> the Megatron. I think the Megatron looks like a better buck or figure than uh, I don't know. It, Optimus is tough. You, you you either hit him or you don't, and it's tough to it's tough to stylize. Sometimes you really miss the mark, and that one's kind of. I feel like that Megatron looks phenomenal, and I really want to get it though. Yeah, I mean, I think if you have maybe the Megatron will like help Optimus. I've thought about getting the Nemesis Prime one because that, for some reason, like tickles my fancy a little better than the red and blue. Yeah, well, yeah, you would like the evil thing more. Of course. Again, I mean, <laughs> evil. Well, I didn't. I mean, I told you I didn't buy much. I think I got less than everyone here. But I did take home a memory that is near and dear to my heart. And that's after the show, I went to I went to have a beer at the bar because I was done packing my stuff. And there sitting across the bar is Aaron Archer. Like, like I've heard the story so many times from so many other fans. Like, oh, I had a beer with Aaron Archer. And I'm like, holy crap, this is it. So I told my buddy, well, I was nervous, actually, because <laughs> I don't know the guy. And my buddy BP was like, I'll go, I'll go ask him to come over. I'm like, yes, you do that, please. And he did. And here he came and sat right down next to us. And we had a, he had his dinner and we were just hanging out, shooting the shit on Transformers and toys and Takara and like the inner workings of Hasbro and just all the questions that I, I've always wanted to ask, you know, like I, I think I asked them all and we had a great time and it felt pretty natural and, um, just a great way to end my convention. That sounds really cool. I, I wish I, I wish one of you guys would have been there. I wish I wish that because I was I was with BP, who's a good friend. Um, Brian Brian, right? Is he one Brian, of our listeners? Yep. One of our listeners. Yep. Yeah. He was next to me, and then there was another guy that uh, was a was a just an attendee that I didn't know, but we had talked a little bit. Was there? So I was kind of amongst a lot of people I wasn't super familiar with other than BP. But I would have killed to have, like, someone else I know be there to ask questions. Like, Peter. You know, if Peter would have been there, that would have been awesome. Or Christian. Anyone, honestly. anyone. Peter would have had to ask questions. He would already known the answers. (laughs) Probably. Uh, He would have. Well, he would have asked questions deeper than I would have. You know what I mean? It would have been great. I did uh, see him when I was doing the loadout and uh i was walking back to get some stuff and he was walking out of the convention hall in the parking lot and i did refer to him as a ron and we talked for a few minutes <laughs> good work yeah like in hindsight i'm like oh i'm glad he's a cool dude because that might not have gone over well with some people might not have yeah yeah he he's he's very easygoing seems like seems like someone that's really happy in his life and yeah so that's just great to see and this, I did, did we even mention he was there as a guest? I think he gave a panel. He he had a booth with a table, and he was very close to my selling table. So I I saw him and the guy that wrote Prime was there all day. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Yeah, he was telling someone he sold like all like uh, 
of some of the things he bought. So he had a very, very good weekend. Yeah. Oh, that's what he said. Yeah. He, he was bringing, he said he brought three prints. That was it. And he sold out of them. Yeah. Oh, this is the art book, not the print. An art book for, from here. Yeah. That's awesome. So he made a buzz saw for me. Oh, oh wow. so cool. look at you. Very nice. Not at the con, but a couple weeks before when he put them up on his website, but this, he had them there too. Nice. Yeah, no, Aaron's a is a really nice guy. I know that he's been on the podcast in in the past as well, and it's always fun. But it's probably uh, my favorite human. Yeah, he, that has ever existed in all of time. Thanks. Wow. Well, now well, I know I mean, why. Uh, imagine he's had to put up with Rick so much over the year. I mean, you have to be an amazing human being for that, right? His level of patience. <laughs> Phenomenal. Well, I started this conversation thread. Can I can I share my most memorable gets? No. Are we out of time? You already mentioned your most memorable. I thought you gets, did. Right? You? <laughs> I did. Well, you mentioned what you got for your friends. I said all the exclusives. Uh, like, you mentioned exclusives. Yeah, I apologize. Exclusives, exclusives. I, I thought you already Ish mentioned uh, certain figures at the beginning of the show. I'm assuming what you're talking about. I, I got vintage figures for like the first time ever, right? Like Anna doesn't usually collect vintage. Anna collects things that are fun and new and interesting. But I found one of my my childhood non-transformers a buddy l transforming dinosaur it's not grimlock it is not it's not a ko of grimlock but it does steal most of grimlock's tooling like it instead of having the chest move around it just flips up the head is definitely not quite grimlock that's seacon grimlock yeah and this was the colors i had it in so these actually came in multiple colors I had the, like, Easter egg colors looking like Seacons. I had all three of them they made, which were my Dinobots as a kid, because I was mostly yard sales and dollar stores and big lots for all my toys. So these were the ones I had, the pretty pink and teal and purple, and mine got lost a long time ago, so I'm so excited to have it. Um, it is so old. I believe the screws are rusted to the point where I can't get his legs out, so I'm going to need to, like... <laughs> mess with those because this thing is you know my childhood the the only date i could find out was like 92 which is i think too new i think it was probably closer to 80s when this version was made because the 92 was a different color that i saw but yeah these things are not common anymore because of how old they are and they actually were pretty good toys and come on these colors seacons is it is it impolite for me anna to ask you how much that cost you like Almost nothing, because a seller there had a box of things that he had labeled as KOs. So he was just kind of like, grab a whole bunch of them, give me a few bucks for them, and so So I think whatever. the story so. was, is that the seller in his room sale is like, people sell me lots of toys, and someone had a bunch of garbage that they threw in. And so here, Anna, take this hot knockoff garbage. I will sell it to you for almost nothing. Just get it out of my life. Here's a whole bag of them. Is that essentially how it went down? And Anna spent over an hour and two occasions digging through the bites of chaos because it was so wonderful. So I found that, which is not actually a KO. That's actually an original design. And then I found a few of my, like, teenage childhood KOs. 
like this wonderful, not quite high red, in the wrong colors, with one certain thing about how I'm completely missing and are different, depending on how you want to think about it. I had this one as a kid. I lost it at one point or another in many moves. And I am so excited to have this thing back because it is goofy. I'm pretty sure I just transformed it right before I showed it off. And I'm pretty sure some of the joints are about to say goodbye. So he might be a tanuki forever because it looked like some things were like, hey, I'm KO plastic and I'm over 20 years old. So probably don't transform me again. Is that the thing BP thought was a lucky draw and spent like 600 bucks on? I believe so. I believe so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's a trickster. Tanukis are tricksters, right? Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> they're good luck. <laughs> sometimes they're good luck. That time they were not. This time it is good luck because I was so excited. I also got the Big Lots Lyo Convoy they did, which is a wobbly mess. But I don't think they were actually made by Big Lots. They were just sold by Big Lots in my region. How much did it cost? Again, it was in Young that price. pile of nothing that I got. I also got some, um, what do you call them, converters. I had some old converters from that, too, which are cool. I don't have any of them set up here because I only wanted oh, to show off I was going to say, I want to see the converters. Like, Anna has, like, the opposite of the oof my wallet over there. She's like, oh, man, I got a whole bag of stuff for, like, 10 bucks. Oof my brain. And the other memorable thing I got, Lucas does not want me to show, so I'm going to show the most tasteful side of it. But I did get my my second kiss player. And I know who you bought that from, too. You do. Everybody yeah. does, because I kept bugging yeah, them, because I wanted it. I kept my kiss players' boxes, because I thought someday some some dude's going to want this box. And I have this that one's one. hard, because, like... I don't want to show off the inside of it because it has risque pictures, whatever, as kiss players. But, like, it sure does look nice in the box all put together. But I think I have to open it because kiss players are cool. I can show the back. There's nothing risque on the back. It's got the surfboard, man. It's got that damn surfboard. I want to play with that surfboard. The Alternator Optimus mold is not phenomenal. It is okay. The right. surfboard is really cool. It's aged poorly. And the Melissa Marissa is a cool thing to have just because I know about Kiss Players. I've actually listened to Kiss Players and read it. And, well, two out of three. All I have to do is eventually find the South South Hot Rod set. Eventually. Good luck. And then I'm not getting the rest of it because the rest of the stuff is too expensive for what it is. You're you're lucky my Atari scream is buried under some shit, or I'd You'd show it off because it's cool. That Atari scream is like is it the rarest piece or are the cassette bots rare? Okay. Oh the, the Atari scream is like Atari Scream is up there with rarest transformer pieces. Yes okay. it is, Christian. Why I'm sorry. So I'm sure it is. It's just ridiculous. Okay, Why so kids players is canon, guys. So just just deal with it. That's like what? his player says to you. Why is the Tari Scream so rare, Paul? Canon. Because they only made like five. I don't know. They didn't make enough. It was a. It was an e-hobby, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, I think they made them to order and no one ordered it. <laughs> because the cassettes and the, what do you call the ball dooters? Sparkbots. The oh. cassettes and the Sparkbots were both e-hobby. 
exclusives. And yeah, so I'm excited to have that. I had other things too. I actually am probably the one in the group who got the most stuff, but a lot of it was KOs and converters and interesting, a lot of Anna things. Is there a reason why you won't say where you bought it? Huh? Because I don't really like identifying people okay. if they're not here to like okay. vouch for themselves. Let's call them the guy next to my room. Yeah, the guy <laughs> next to Paul's room. Oh, oh, I didn't realize it was him. I thought it was, I saw another guy who no. was selling the thing. They're no, talking about two different one. things, Bill. Yeah, yeah. The, the, con- oh. the converters and KOs came from the guy next to Paul's room. Yes. Uh, the kiss player did not. Okay. The kiss player gotcha. did not. So, so the kiss player came from my other friend, then. Yes, the kiss player came from my other friend. I just don't identify people because they're not here to talk for themselves. I don't know. It just feels weird to me. You're like, don't buy their things, those people that, you know. This is why I'm bad at networking. I don't promote anybody. A couple of you have been like, how could you be bad at networking, Anna? You have a big degree and stuff. I'm not good at networking because I want people's permission. If I had asked their permission first to mention them on the show, I would have done it. You should ask Peter Collins' permission. We talked about him a lot. Just kidding. They're legit celebrities. (laughs) <laughs> Paul, Paul's just name dropping all over the place over here. And... Yeah, right. Once you become a celebrity, you you just get your name is dropped everywhere. Well, I mean, isn't that us now? I mean, how many people recognize uh, you folks this past week? At least three. Yeah, zero. Wait, I like you were that. in disguise, Christian, by not being in disguise like at this. all. I think I was wearing this shirt. No, someone, they don't recognize you without the guitar in the background. I can't remember who it was who said, like, oh, Anna, you stick out because there aren't many redheads around. And I was like, <laughs> I stick out. We got the, the red beard of the year here right beside me. <laughs> you need to become redder, Christian. I don't know how. I mean, I, I, I don't tried. know. It made it brown. You know, the guy next to the the guy that had the room next to Paul. I mean, I feel like he might be a celebrity. I mean, he's he was featured yeah. in the toys that made us. So, mm-hmm. you know, there you go. All he right, so, so, me so real quickly on that, um, fellow cast member Rick is in the new toy show. I'm already blanking on the name. I apologize. The toys um, that made America. Yeah, the toys that made America. Rick is in the first episode. He he messaged us. Yeah, he is. How do you watch that show? Does anyone know? I I, I don't know. Oh, no, find what? it. Do your own research, people. <laughs> what I don't know, like I I haven't watched anything. All I've done since I got home was be tired and grade papers. Those I'm are sorry, my the toys that built America, not made America. The toys that built America. The toys that made us was an old show. It's old news. Oh. Yeah. What? You know, I don't know was any that toys that built America. <laughs> was that not it? Since when, no, that's it. You're, you're right, Lucas. Yeah, yeah, you were. Since when was America built out of Legos? I'm pretty yeah, sure it's it's off channel. the blood of slaves and stuff. According to my Googles, me. it's uh, on the History Channel. So Rick, History like Channel. like an old man, was like, oh, it's on Channel 27 in the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't say that to us. 
He's like, maybe I can get everyone in the hotel to watch the same channel at the same time. It's no. It's the Ted Delightful. (laughs) It's on Channel 27. (laughs) Yelling at his daughters to turn the knob on the TV for him so he doesn't have to get up and do it himself. Too hard. Did I bring any other chaos over here? No, I didn't. I can't show any other chaos. Damn it. Good. Yeah. All right. When we're off the air, Anna, I want to see your converters, please. Oh, I have one converters. All right. Let me see. Let me see. Please. I forgot that. Uh, I need to actually get it to one mode or the other now because it was it was between modes, having a rough day. Those about. things take forever to transform. They are. They're hard. They're like advanced. Yeah. So, f- Phil, did you sell your Unicron? I did not for sell my Unicron. The world wants to know. Do you have your Unicron own Unicron? Is, is that sale. an extra? Uh, or is that, that your Unicron? Unicron? And I'm just like, it's too big. I just don't have enough room. I got yelled at last night. Oh, the bat. That thing's sweet. The bat. That's, that's oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's all sorts of weird. It is. It's super cool. It's a little close to mine white, but... Yeah. But that I think predates mine and wipe, right? Should. Yeah. This is eighty five. He would have been mine wipe uh, a knockoff of the conversion. Yes. Revealed. Revealed on TFL. Mine wipe sucks. Mine wipe is a knockoff. So so I haven't met a mold of mine wipe yet that I enjoy. Because, like, okay, so his his bat head goes to store in the chest. The arms come out of the chest, which isn't mine wipe. The legs go around the back, which is mind wipe. The wings go on the back, which is mind wipe. More like it's very butt similar. wipe. Agreed. Very similar. I also got the spider. <gasps> I and had the spider as a kid. The spider's pretty cool. And the other ones I actually got were from the Invading Animals series, which include a little red lizard and a moth. I don't remember those. Oh, there is a chameleon for me. Yes. Yeah. Very yeah, nice. Awesome little chameleon. It's the really spiders. Yeah, the spiders neat. You tuck his arms in his like underneath his like abdomen, kind of big bulbous thing. Yeah. The biggest downside to the spider is that like his spider legs just hang off the robot legs in robot mode. They do. Yeah. They do. It's a bit of a mess, but they fold back a little tiny bit. They, they do, fold back as like... much as the '80s folded back. Yeah, his his legs are already like disproportionately large compared to the rest of his body. And then the spider legs hanging off make it even more awkward. But now he had a cool head, I remember. Bat no more robot. Rawr. Oh yeah, that's a good robot. This is the only way I'm gonna get excited about um, vintage toys is if they're like knockoffs or little tiny things that were like transformers but fit my child hands better. Cause that's what converters and gobots were for me. Converters were cool. Transformers were hard because they were big. These are little. So, yeah. so Phil, you, your wife is upset that you brought the Unicron back? Well, a little bit. And then she's also upset that I got my Marvel Legends Galactus in the mail yesterday. Oof. Um, I, had that, I had that sitting down on my kitchen counter last night, like standing on the kitchen counter. And she comes home from work last night. She's like, what the hell is that? And why is it in my house? She's like, you don't have room for this thing. I'm like, I will once I get rid of the stuff you sell. Like, the stuff oh, I'm selling. Like, oh, you mean the stuff you're going to sell this past weekend? Like, yes. You never should have called your wife to come to the, to the place and help you move it. Oh, no. She was very, very amicable about helping me move stuff. She was, oh, she she was a, a trooper this weekend. Yeah. 
So no, my wife. Uh, you know. I'm, I'm getting I'm getting conflicting reports here from the story you just told, and now this new one. Well, I, I you know no, my wife is just like you 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 have another giant toy. Where are you supposed to fit this? So she she is very trusting of me. That I, I will say, I did not have as great of a weekend selling stuff as other folks did. The fortunate thing for me is the stuff that I didn't sell. You know, there's other venues that I can sell it. You know, fairly easily and at, at good prices. Um, Shout out to Phil's wife. She she uh, you know took care of the boys for me while I was uh, hanging out with all you dudes and, and ladies, and uh, she she brought the boys over and tolerated being at a convention for, for like an hour and a half when she has no interest in any of this. And uh, her commentary was, it felt like a mixture of a live eBay room and a live Etsy room. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's that I've never heard Pretty of that, accurate. but that works. That's one thing we saw, like, right after the con ended, we, a bunch of us saw this post where a person gave TFCon a negative review. Basically, the negative review went, TFCon was a Transformers convention. I don't like that. And that was it. Because Transformers conventions are different than other conventions. Like, I've been to a lot of anime conventions. I've been to two of the biggest anime conventions in the country and they are nothing like Transformers conventions. It's all about the panels. It's all about the big events, concerts, raves, all that kind of stuff in an anime convention. The Transformers conventions are about the dealer's room. That is the story. That is where the story is told. Dealer's room, guest. Is why I keep telling people it's, it's a hobby of buying stuff. That's all it is. Yeah. Get over it. Pretend as much as you want. That's what we are here for. Among us, Don't like, be how many people actually get around and watch the new shows, right? Like a new show comes out, we half-ass watch it and complain about it for five minutes, and then buy a billion toys from it. It's like, oh yeah, the the War for Cybertron trilogy was kind of crappy. I bought all the toys. Oh, the Netflix did... toys. Yeah, bought those all. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> That's how we act. There was an interesting uh, encounter uh, as I was uh, taking everything down. The gentleman who was the voice of Rhinox in the Netflix show was there this weekend signing autographs and whatnot. And he, the, the the guy who had a dealer booth behind me, they went to college together and neither of them knew they were there until the end of the show. That's cool. Yeah. They're like, oh, what are you doing here? I'm the voice of Rhinox. What? What are you doing here? I'm selling Transformers. Here's one of your toys that I have. I kind so, of feel yeah. bad for those guys who are like, you know, the newer voice actors or the like less known voice actors. I went to his panel for a minute because Rick had me hide a thing in a neuroseat. Um, so I went to his panel to hide something. And there just weren't as many people there. It was kind of a bummer, you know. It's just like a smaller line of people asking questions. I wish they got more attention because, you know, he'll probably be a big deal when he's 72. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, Anna, to your point, though, about this convention not being like other conventions is that anime conventions are about stories and cartoons and, and, and characters. And and when we have big fiction stuff that's happening, like the IDW books were going full steam ahead, you would have big panels with James, Rob, James Roberts, you know, talking about the book and, and doing all that stuff. And, you know, that those years probably felt more like an anime con. But for the most part, this is Transformers is a toy convention where, you know, the, the main toy that's being sold is Transformers. Yeah. No, you're right about that. That's really what it's about. And yeah. like 
Beastown USA will come and go. We'll have like a couple panels next year about it to be like that movie wasn't great, but it had toys. Yeah. And a rise of the bird. Hey, I'm excited hey, for Earth Spark. Beast party in the USA. But part of it takes so place in New York. So I do have a question, Anna. Um, like honestly, I didn't really notice that much, but um, <laughs> the new the new like tabletop like role playing game for Transformers was, like booth was like set up right across from us. Like, was it even really getting that much like interest or or no? They demoed the shit out of the deck building game. So, like, they were constantly demoing the deck building game the Mm. whole weekend, just demoing, demoing, demoing. As far as I know, they did not demo the tabletop RPG. The tabletop RPG actually has a pretty complicated role set. I will say, like, having read the role book and planning to start running it this weekend, um, it is, you know, it's not quite as complicated as 3rd edition Dungeons & Dragons, but it's definitely a derivative of third edition Dungeons and Dragons, which is pretty complicated. So that would be really hard to teach it. Like you kind of just have people sit down at a table and be like, here's your characters. We're going to play. Boop, boop, boop. How much interest was there? You know, I, I didn't really feel like there's, I heard the people running that table multiple times telling people, Hey, this is a deck building game about transformers. It is, the most convoluted and complicated and confusing deck building game I've ever played. It just did not feel like a good review. <laughs> like, you tell me that. I'm like, where do I get one that isn't that? But I'm looking forward to playing that um, tabletop RPG. Like, I don't know how to go. I played Dungeons, Dragons, and Pathfinder. I want to say my whole life, but, you know, the better part of 20-some-odd years at this point. I'm curious how an actual Transformers themed, you know, with transformations and mini cons as role sets. I'm excited for that. Maybe I'll talk about it on the show after I run it for a while. There you go. Two or three people will watch and be like, hey, I'm playing that game with you. <laughs> and it's a national champion because only three people play it. Right? So. <laughs> no, people put out reviews of it already. Like they played the pre-gen mm-hmm. adventure with their D and D groups, and they're like, "I like it," or "I don't like it," or "It has robots." What are these? I forgot that I did actually bring something home, but it was something I bought for myself, and it's this Megatron water gun. And uh, do you have water in it right now? No, it's bone dry, thankfully. No squirts of disappointment. He shot me with it the other night, and then I shot him with it the other night. It was great. Makes and then he shot his comic books that he was trying to sell. <laughs> yeah, and they're fine. I, I don't really recommend this. It's not a very for for the price. It's not a, it's not good enough. But would you it recommend is, it as just a display piece, like hanging on a wall kind of thing? Yeah, but I guess I'd also say get an MP36 or a G1 Megatron instead of this thing. Or an MP5, even, if you're just going to put it in that mode. Yeah. Or a New Age Megatron. Haha, <laughs> legends. No. Well, it's, it's we're past two hours, so so closing remarks, folks? Yeah, for reals. We all had fun, obviously, right? Like, good things, bad things. We all had a great time. For a lot of it, it's just seeing each other in real life. Like, we mostly like each other, the cast does. 
So getting to hang out together and stuff is really cool and eat crazy cake milkshakes. All oh, that cake milkshake at um, Portillo's, like that thing was a life-changing experience. I don't feel like consumed that much sugar in like 10 years at one time. It was amazing. I really it's enjoyed it. It's also a life-shortening experience. Yes, I, I imagine. I imagine I'm, I'm down to like five minutes from now after eating that thing. They're so good. It was delicious. That's my closing remark. My closing remark is I got to eat cool stuff. And I like any trip where I get to eat cool stuff. I was going to say, I, I feel like I've kind of somewhat come full circle for uh, conventions. This is the first time that I've sold my own stuff at TFCon. Um, so, you know, I've, I've been there kind of as the attendee, you know, just doing the panels and not really talking to people. I've been to there as, you know, with friends and just, you know, being excited for the dealer room and spending way too much money in the dealer room. And now I feel like I've kind of had the experience of, you know, selling in the dealer room as well. So, um, it was a ton of fun. I, you know, loved seeing all of you guys. I love seeing, you know, um, all the other new people that I met at the show as well. Um, so yeah. I had a great time. I would do it again, but I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I don't think I'm going to Florida. What? You're going to like at all, or just just not to sell? You're going. I'll see know. you there. I wish it was in Tampa. Mm. I wish they would have a party. I wish they had like the rave thing you're talking about, Anna. Like, can't they just get the Cybertronic spree to come and just like have a party at a bar and like the people that are too scared to go just don't go and the rest of us go freaking party? Like, I would really like to have night programming at a Transformers yeah. convention, like just just late evening programming for people to hang out with. Like we we all go and hang out in each other's rooms and stuff, but like I just miss that about anime cons. Anime cons, we would go till one in the morning. One of the anime cons we did, ha went to had um, Japanese grindhouse movies showing usually from like 12 in the morning to like four in the morning. It was one of the best experiences just watching that in a room full of people. So I wish we had stuff like that. If I, if I knew how to do it, I would become DJ Destron and like play <laughs> music. I would like be like, okay, set me up for two hours and let's do this. Like I know what I would play. I just don't know how to do it. Like I'm not, I'm not girl talk, but I wish I was. And like put transformer clips in there and stuff, like make it cool. But it's probably too cool for the, you know, for us. I, I had a great weekend. It was a ton of fun. Uh, you know, this is, this is, you know, become a, an annual thing for me that I will, you know, try and travel to uh, every year for the fall show. I, I'm not sure why the, uh, the spring show doesn't get as much love. I think as most of us are more, you know, middle of the country towards the Eastern part of the country, but, uh, yeah, no, this was, this was a darn good time. Christian, do you have uh, any, any thoughts? Oh, I, you know, it, it was TFCon. I was happy to see everyone. I bought a few things. I sold a few more things. I'm excited to go again next year. Yep. Um. I want to mention Book Club this week is going to be Optimus Prime 18 and 19. So that's going to be Sunday night on the TF Talk Discord. So if you want to join everybody with that, that's at uh, what? Uh, 
9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central. Is that right, Anna? Yep. Backwards as always. Yep. So. So have we set the record for the longest microcasters episode tonight? Yeah. <laughs> no. No. What's the longest one, Christian? There are two. We don't talk about them. Mm-hmm. They're Bruno? Yes, they're Bruno. No, sure. no, no, no. We'll leave you on a mystery. And, and, yeah, Ooh. with that, we're leaving. Goodbye. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, have a good night, uh, everybody. What that episode Thanks for listening. Anyway, nevertheless, all right, have a good night, and we will see you next week. See ya. Bye, everybody. This has been Transformers for your listening pleasure, a presentation of TFTalk.net. We'd like to thank you for listening and ask that you please rate us on your favorite podcast outlet and share us with your friends. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TFYLP. Email us at podcast at TFYLP.com. This is Paul Lighting, and on behalf of TFYLP, we'd like to thank you again for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time for another... T-F-Y-L-P. <laughs>